our team meddling now will help us win a golden home in LA. The, the number of eyes that it brings and the, the potential participants and the top tier athletes that are going to be more interested in the game and everything like that when we're doing our talent recruitment to finalize that LA pool, it will help. But I think the other thing is, is we need to, to show the USOPC that we're you know, really serious about meddling in LA and that's going to come and help you know, a medal in uh, 24 because the USOPC has provided us with a massive support over the last two cycles. And I think it's time for us to deliver on that support now. Welcome to U.S. Rugby Happy Hour Live. Interviews with the biggest names in American rugby. The New England Free Jacks, Major League Rugby Champions. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. This is U.S. Rugby Happy Hour Live. Uh, I am here with my partner in crime, John Fitzpatrick. Fitzy, how are you, buddy? I'm doing great this evening. I'm excited for this conversation. Yeah, me too. There's a lot going on on the West Coast that uh, we're, we're really, really far away. And, and this, is a, this is a really timely, timely timing, timely interview. <laughs> well, Bill, if you look at, I mean, if you just look at the calendar from here through, like, August, it's going to be yeah. nonstop rugby, like, every weekend from men's and women's sevens, international 15s, you've got MLR, college rugby, premier rugby sevens. It's like, I oh, yeah. a whole bunch off. Oh yeah, all the all the stuff in Europe also, you know, Alliance yeah. Premiership, uh, Premiership, you know, top 14, they're gonna keep going. And, and and you look in like the, like you said, the the women's 15s, they're doing their thing. And they're also, a lot of those those guys like Kate Zachary and others are being taken away from their clubs be doing these. So. But those games still go on, and they're fun to watch. So I'm looking forward to watching all that stuff, the 15s, the 7s. I'm, I'm getting a little jittery. I'm, I'm like goosebumps. Like I, It's an exciting year. <laughs> I'm really bummed right now to actually not have my tickets for Paris, but it's okay. <laughs> well, Emily about it. Maybe she can put us on the support staff somehow. Maybe so. We'll see what happens. All right. Hey, before we get to our guests, uh, listeners, please like, follow, or subscribe to this show and copy the link and share it with friends, anyone that likes rugby or you want to get into rugby. Also, leave reviews. They really help the show grow. And then follow us on social media and visit eaglesoverseas.com and rugbymorning.com for more. And then follow us on social media as well. All right, Fitzy, it's time. Let's get to our guest. It's been a while since she's we last spoke to her. I think a little over a year now. I was looking at the notes. And so we got a lot to catch up on. Let's all welcome USA 7's head coach, Emily Bidewell. Hey, Emily, how are you? Hi, good. How are you guys? We're doing great. So. Where are you now? I mean, don't say hotel room or office, but where are you oh, located right now? <laughs> um, I'm in Vancouver. Yeah. You are? Downtown Vancouver. Yeah. In the West End. So um, we're getting ready. We uh, kick off Friday morning against Fiji. So looking forward to oh, it. just start from the top. But we do thank you for taking time. I know there's a team dinner going on, I think, right now. And and hopefully you're not missing out on some fantastic sushi rolls or something like that. Because oh. <laughs> by, by the time you get done here, it's like just a California roll laugh. Like no one wants that. It's always... <laughs> Well, Emily, I can imagine you could probably eat a little bit differently than what the players eat, right? Like you could probably maybe enjoy. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Can, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think the players uh, are, are pretty good to themselves in terms of eating. They they they'll go and eat out and eat some nice food. But um, but yeah, I have a little more flexibility than they do. <laughs> I don't have a caffeine cutoff like they do. We have a very strict. Like, I have caffeine after a certain time, and I don't. That doesn't apply to people who have to work all night. So. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> so, so Emily, it's uh, it's been a month since Perth. All right. So, talk uh, yeah. about how preps have gone, preparations gone for Vancouver in LA. Yeah, I mean, I think um, 
like we felt like we built from Dubai and Cape Town into Perth and, you know, we had, um, you know, we, we were happy with some things that, you know, came out of that. Um, and particularly the France game, that was really like a highlight for us um, in terms of like our performance through those six games. Um, but we uh, have really positioned, because I think I'm sure you'll ask about this, but we really positioned these two tournaments in our campaign, Vancouver and LA, as being like where we really start to have a performance outcome. Um, and then we reset after LA and use the, the Asia stops to make sure that we um, kind of take a longer view in terms of like what we really need to address off the back of these two tournaments. Um, so we really have prioritized, um, you know, putting ourselves in a position to to deliver medals in these two tournaments. So really what our outcome is. Um, and so we focus a lot on uh, transition play. Um, that was kind of a big thing for for us, particularly like our, well, limiting our attack defense transitions, but then how we how effective we can be on defense on transition because, um, you know, like 70% of our tries or something is going from um, transition tries. So really trying to mitigate that, but then also how can we be more effective on attacking transition? Like you guys watch the games, you probably know um, set pieces of strength for us, um, scoring off scrums, line, um, line outs, um, first phase is, is a big, you know, emphasis and a weapon that we use, um, but we still want to make sure that we can, you know, ramp up the tempo, play quickly if we want to. Um, so we put, you know, put put a big emphasis on that um, in the past couple weeks. And talking about watching these matches, uh, we finally can watch the matches because <laughs> the last tournament, I think you had some matches about three in the morning, uh, yeah. four in the morning, <laughs> at least our time. Uh, and, and so talking about Vancouver, which is much more uh, uh, viewer friendly for the United States audience, you know, it's it's some unique aspects to Vancouver and L.A. come up as well. It's like the atmosphere, you know, family, friends in the crowd and all stuff, playing conditions. And I say crowd. Are there I mean, do you prepare differently because of those uh, aspects? Um, not really. I mean, I think one of the things that we've really focused on, like the last in this cycle is just being really process orientated and having that process so that we can like fall back on it when there's more pressure and when there's more noise around the tournament. So I think for us, it's just around really zeroing in on like on what we do and how we do it and how we go about it so that um, we can kind of reduce all that like outside, um, you know, energy. But I do like it's, you know, it's silly to think that like that playing at home it's the first time we played at home in five years um the the players families weren't able to go to tokyo um so we've got a lot of families mm-hmm. coming we have um you know we have other functions we have like a golden eagle uh fundraiser function the ignite the flame um we have um uh an alumni weekend that we've organized alongside the la cool. so we've got like 21 alumni from all different generations coming in so we've got a lot going on but that was also something we wanted to create because like I had mentioned, we wanted LA to really be our Olympic rehearsal. Um, so we can see, you know, if it, how like we don't travel to every stop with the staff that we'll have at the Olympics or bring all of our Olympic staff into that um, tournament. We're having, we have all this outside pressure. So it's really like, how do we do, how can we really say we want to go in, we want to win this tournament with all of this, these external factors. And then it gives us an opportunity to then sit back and say, okay, we won. Great. Why did we win? we didn't win okay why did we not win and what do we need to address um in the two months uh where we've got the two uh asia stops into madrid because we see madrid as that next kind of like peak and um real performance outcome focused um and then again it's like okay we win madrid great or what why did we do it don't win what do we need to fix in the in the weeks leading into the olympics after that so we've kind of really mapped out the season to have like those three peaks la uh, Madrid and then the Olympics and really learning from each peak um, is kind of how we've approached it. 
Emily, <clears throat> right now, fifth in the standings, a few points back of fourth and third. Mm-hmm. Um, how would you how would you rate the performance if you had to give yourself a, a grade, say the team a grade, um, and and or to answer to rephrase it. Is this where you want to be, like right now in the standings? Like, do you want to be chased or the chaser? You know what I mean? Um, I mean, it's kind of like, it's a good question. And I'm sure a lot of people are like wondering about it. I mean, at the end of the day, this is a totally different season than last season, right? Mm-hmm. Not just because of Olympic qualification, but because of how the se- the series has changed. So like we, um, last year it was like, we had this big emphasis internally, got to win a hundred points. We're going to win a hundred points. If we win a- across the series, if we win a hundred points, we know we're going to qualify in the top four. And um, that's going to, that was our goal. And I think like really like every game, it was like every point mattered. It was the difference between like third and fourth was two points. The difference between, you know, being in the top four versus, versus being in the kind of next four. Like, so we really had that kind of like every point mattered mindset. And, um, I think that the difference with this season, not just because the it's all about structuring your campaign so you peak at the right time, right? So um, we have, you know, that factor and, and having the Olympics in July, but also, like, you have to be in the top eight to go to Madrid, and it's about winning Madrid. Um, and so we, you know, I don't want to say that I'm, like, happy being fifth, but I don't think that it really, like where we were in the standings at this point in the season wasn't didn't really play into what our plan was our plan for these first three tournaments was to be really process oriented around what we wanted to work on and then it was to go and medal in these next two if you talk to me after la and we haven't medaled in either well then yeah i'm not happy <laughs> right but like right now it's a, no i'm not happy at all and the players know that and the, and and the program we know that and it, and it also tells us like if we planned like for these first five tournaments to kind of have this little mini peak for these two, um, particularly LA, and we don't do that, it's all just going to be about how we review and figure out what's going on to stop us from doing that. So, so yeah, I mean, that's kind of like how I see it. And that's, you know, how we framed it with the players. I mean, I, I do think that like, just like when you have a young team and you're like, oh, we're a young team, we're a young team, we're a young team. Well, at some point you're not a young team anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing with like, um, this it's like oh yeah we're process oriented we're process oriented great like everything else just the pro well at some team you have to at some point you have to be performance focused and performance oriented and that's really like what the shift of this block has been about these four weeks like the two weeks of prep that we had into these two tournaments um it's really been about turning that turning that dial and and saying this is our expectation and this is what um as a team we're going to do um, and really aligning around that. But then my job as a coach with our sports psychologist, Zach, our assistant coach, and the rest of the staff is like, you can put the outcome out there and everyone can see it as a challenge or, you know, be paralyzed by it. Like it's, you know, it's all how you, you know, can work with the players around that. But we still have to have the process that sits underneath that. Like what are the things that we're going to do and be good at and improve at to make sure that we can be delivering those performance outcomes. So, um yeah. So yeah, that that's a long-winded answer to your question, but that's really like how we how I see it. Yeah, would and, and how did like how did, how did injuries factor into that equation, right? Like, there's been there's been some some players over maybe the past say 12, 18 months. Alona, like her first like major injury, I think she had mm-hmm. in her career. We we had her on maybe a year ago when it happened. And now, um, Nicole, uh, right? She has an ankle injury. Obviously, injuries happen. It's it's part of the game. But what what does the does the does the mindset change? Do the tactics change? Does the game plan change? It's you're just like it just keeps. It can't. 
it, yeah. it, like you can't like we have to develop a program that is um, pressure uh, pressure proof to injuries because at the end of the day that we play a full contact sport there's going to be injuries the girls could get injured walking across the street they could get injured in a non-contact practice like the injuries happen in this game so it's about building a program and a team that is um, resilient enough and um, uh, uh, pliable I guess I don't know if that's the right word but like uh, to be able to still push forward um, despite of those injuries and I think because a real threat, right, is you start trying to wrap the players in cotton wool and um, not say, oh, okay, you know, we're going to pull back on contact. We're going to do this differently. Mm-hmm. We're not going to push in hard in this box. We're worried about this. Whatever. And um, and then they're not like physically prepared um, to deliver at the Olympics, which is what they're, you know, what we're here to do. And so um, environmental pressure, driving pressure within our environment, making sure that like we do not allow ourselves to take the you know the foot off the gas pedal is extremely important and obviously we do that with science behind it right like we're not lunatics just like (laughs) like we have a very good like sports performance team um we have like metrics around like player loading and awareness around what they can do what they can't do what they can handle what they can't handle and so like we're doing it with you know a lot of thought um but if we have to continue to build through this so like to be honest, even though I've said we have a performance outcome in these two tournaments, we didn't taper the players for these tournaments. Because if you taper the players for these tournaments, and especially with you mentioned it earlier, I think in the in the call, like it's so compact. So if you you never get like you'd just be constantly almost having a detraining effect through these tournaments if you can constantly train for a week, do you deload, compete? Because because our competition week is like. 50% of what our training week is 60% depending on like who, you know, who the player is and stuff. So, so for us, it's like, we've got to maintain like a minimum training volume and we've got to maintain because of how we play. Like mm-hmm. We're a confrontational team. We're a contact confrontational team. I, we are working on playing the space better. Like for all the, <laughs> you know, we're not intentionally just running into people. Like, it's so, fun to watch though. <laughs> yeah. but, but at the end of the day, that's, that's, what America, that's who we are as a team. Yeah. So DNA, we, we play street ball, we get behind the fence, we keep the ball alive. That's what we want to do. And so um, like the contact element, like if you remove that, it changes like how you're preparing. Um, and, and so like, me, I so don't want to sound cool. Like Alona, Nicole, Jazz, like all of everybody in our team, like they, they have value. We love them and we want to take care of them. But we do that through preparing them appropriately, um, not by insulating them. Because by insulating them, we're not going to get um, where we ultimately want to be in July, which is a gold medal. You were talking about the players, all right? So when you look at our, you know, your 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 players for this tournament, and you said there's five stops hey. left. <laughs> <laughs> and with five stops left. Are we pretty locked in as far as the Paris roster goes, or is this still up for grabs, or a certain number of positions up for grabs? Everybody knows it's up for grabs. <laughs> it's you know, I mean, I think like I said to the players after Dubai and Cape Town, where we weren't happy with our performance, um, that we're going to select on um, how you play, how you play now, not how you played two years ago, not how you played two tournaments ago. Like we're going to be selecting players based on how they're playing. Um, and what they're doing and how they're allowing our team, like the 13 players that we have to be like, um, you know, the whole is greater than the sum of its parts or whatever, like to maximize like our team's effectiveness with the roles that we need. Um, and so the players know that, um, you know, we're very clear about that. Um, whether you, you know, 
like whatever your role is, like you have to perform um, and you have to perform in that role and you have to, you know, uh, be impactful um, at whatever number of minutes that is. Um, I do think that like we have a goal of exposing a few more players to the series um, through the Asia stops um, because we do have some really good young players at home um, and we want to make sure we're not missing anything. Um, and that's a very um, challenging back to back because it's not you go Hong Kong, Singapore, and then home. It's Hong Kong, you come back for like two weeks or something and then you get back to Singapore. Mm. It's like a pretty um, tough period. So we have a goal of, of doing that because we have some young players that are training well, um, but it's going to depend a little bit on how these next couple tournaments go, um, if we feel like that's the priority or if we have the other priorities uh, based on, yeah, Vancouver and LA go. Go ahead, Fitzy. No, I was going to say, so Emily, talking about these next two tournaments, uh, North America here, of course, we've got uh, Vancouver this weekend and then L.A. the following weekend, which will be the first time that um, the women will feature alongside the men in L.A., which is awesome. Right. Um, and you mentioned um, you mentioned that these next two weeks are performance orientated, right, or, you know, the results are, are important here. Playing in LA in front of a home crowd does that does that stop mean anything special or is it? Of course still, it does. Of course it does. Yeah, I mean it's like what's fun is that we get LA in four years, right? So we can kind of position this as like fast forward four years, like yeah. we're in LA, you know, and we're at the rugby. I think is that going to be is going to be at Dignity, um, and so that might have been a spoiler thing. That might not be. Yeah. <laughs> Mark that. <laughs> And we're using it as our Olympic rehearsal. We've got family and friends in the crowd. We've got um, our supporters. So it absolutely means a lot um, to us. Um, and um, I think, you know, for the group of women that we have, um, you know, we've really um, kind of grabbed onto this identity of high women and inspiring like the communities around us um, and that where we come from and stuff. So, so playing at home really hits um, it hits a lot of those chords. And that's why it was so important um, for, for myself and our management team um, to bring in the alumni for this event because we really want to connect with, you know, the people that have um, kind of paved the road for the women that are now in a, in a position to medal at the Olympics. So um, it's, it's a pretty big one for us. We're really excited. And, okay, talking about the Olympics, you know, obviously qualified last year. I love um, that. I know. I know. What's by the way? What's up with the uh, those people who weren't there? Yeah, the photos. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. that's cool. That's really yeah. cool. It was <laughs> everybody. It took everybody because it was a hundred points we needed, right? Yeah. So we had a lot of players that played earlier in the season. Um, oh. The players that train at home, um, who put us in a position to be under pressure all the time. Uh, the staff that do all the work um, behind the scenes. Yeah. So um, it was uh, really important for us to make sure that this picture was. We were really. We knew. We knew it was likely going to come that weekend. Um, yeah. So we, we we were able to to get those pictures, and I think it just means a lot to everybody to have everybody in that picture. And, and where are you? You know the coach. Here. <laughs> I know, I know. It's so hard. I, did, I was taking pictures of my own. I was. I'm <laughs> proud of them, of course. Oh, I'm so proud of them. Yeah. So end of Madrid. Uh, Madrid is the beginning of June. You have nearly you know, less than two months until opening ceremonies. How do you stay fresh? How do how does any team competing in the Olympics stay fresh? I mean, no play in tournaments, nothing like that at that point. Yeah. I mean, uh, we're, we're still working through that because we had an, a plan that we um, are shifting a bit. You know, we originally had really wanted to make sure that we'll, we'll do this either way. The players, it's a compact season, right? So they do need to have an opportunity to refresh 
um, by the time Madrid were selecting the Olympic team the week following Madrid. So um, like a lot of that, like making the team pressure and stuff. So we'll give them a week off to kind of like decompress from that and just be with their families and, and have that celebration of, of making the team. But what's really important is like, this isn't about being on the plane. That's not like, and so maybe the first, these few months are, but like when they come back to San Diego, it's about doing the job and, and getting a medal and bringing a medal home, not about getting on the plane. And so that's why we're going to continue to push them. Um, injuries might happen, um, but we have to make sure we're continuing to prepare. Um, so we'll have a training block leading in. We've got a base camp scheduled right now in Tours, France. Not even really sure where that is. It's like two, three hours. Beautiful <laughs> to be there. Warm. We'll go there and be there for a week before we move into the village. Um, we are trying to organize some competition um, uh, like in late June so we can have another opportunity to play just some friendlies against other countries. Um, but it'll depend a little bit on just what other countries want to do and what their availability is. Um, so, yeah, we're working through that right now. Um, but uh, we got to still continue to, to kind of uh, push. And, and if we can find some competition in that late June window, um, I think that's going to really round out our plan. Oh, probably, go ahead, Fitzy. Oh, I was, you probably know <laughs> history here from the Olympics. Let's just go back 100 years ago, the last time uh, a, a U.S. team won a medal at an Olympics. Of course, mm -hmm. that was 15. There was only like four teams playing. But okay, <laughs> we'll kind of take anything away from that. Yeah, don't take it away from that. Yeah. But I mean, like, just. The narrative, it's right in itself already. I mean, like, it's making Bill and I's job really easy, you know, so hopefully. Uh, but, so, I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. But <laughs> go back to the last Olympics, sixth place finish this year. I mean, expectations. Is expectations hardware? Essentially, is that essentially what? Yeah. The, yeah, yeah. Gold? That, that gold color? Um, yeah, I mean, I think, uh, like, ultimately, like, team hasn't won a medal, right? So I think any medal is, yeah. is good, but I think that we know what this team's capable of. Um, and we're going to, you know, kind of shoot for that and, and work for that. Um, and if it ends up being a different color, it ends up being a different color and it's still going to be really impactful for our program and for, for the game in this country. So, um, I mean, uh, or the quote we're using right now is, like, you can't control um, if you win a medal. Um, but you can control how you compete. Um, and so that really is our biggest focus right now is around um, really showing up and competing and delivering on the things that we, um, you know, say we're going to do and on the process that we have. And so um, that'll continue, you know, all the way through um, through the Olympics. But yeah, if we're, if we're being honest, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's metal, big metal pressure for this team. So two more questions for you, Emily. Uh, <laughs> do you feel pressure? Yeah, and what I mean by that is, um, you know, there's all this talk, you know, with the, with the Olympics coming here in 28, you know, the World Cups, 15 World Cups coming up in, in a while, with the visibility rise of rugby in the United States, North America, and sevens has been really the visibility level, sevens has been that presence, right? Mm -hmm. Do you feel pressure to medal to really get the game in, in front of more eyes to help it grow more? You know what I'm saying? I feel a lot of different pressure. No, a bit, yeah. <laughs> um, the, it's, but it's, um, I think that the sevens, you know, game is accessible, you know, the, there's, uh, the barriers for entry in, in a lot of ways are less. And I think that it's a, it's a way that, um, you know, it, it, it does make, you know, it has a platform. And so I think, uh, you know, our team meddling, um, our team meddling now, 
will help us win a golden home in LA because it'll the, the number of eyes that it brings and the the potential participants and the top tier athletes that are going to be more interested in the game and everything like that when we're doing our talent recruitment um, to to finalize that LA pool like it will help. Um, but I think the other thing is is we need to to show the USOPC that we're you know really serious mm-hmm. about um, meddling in LA and that's going to come and help you know a medal in uh, 24 because the LA or the USOPC has provided us with a massive support you know over the over the last two cycles and I think it's time for us to deliver on that support now. So uh, I want to ask you one last Fitzy, unless you have something else to, I have to not, ask. I thought her. that was a perfect ending, but Bill, please go ahead. No, no, no. I, it's all about me now. Um, I got to talk about my rugby past. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but but I do have a comment and a question for you here. And the last thing, uh, I was just I just ran into a friend of mine um, uh, this past week actually, who I've been coaching her daughter in soccer. Okay, and she's a senior in high school now, but her big sport is lacrosse. I know her big sports lacrosse, and I, I'm okay with that. I'm not upset. Um, she's going off to a big time school down the South D one lacrosse. She played for Argentina last year in the world championships. She was American with Argentinian descent. Um, she was saying her mother was saying that, um, when she graduates, it'll be 28 and that's when lacrosse will be in the Olympics. Mm -hmm. And so, and I'm getting it now, as soon as she said that, I got goosebumps. I'm like, Oh my God, this girl, Mechie. Wow. She could be playing in the Olympics. And I got goosebumps thinking about it. Not even my kid or whatever else. Just this, this girl I've known for a long time. I, I know you got a lot of pressure on you. But come on, there's got to be some kind of goosebumps every so often. Like, oh, oh my God, I can't believe we're going to we're going to be walking. Oh, yeah, I mean, opening the pressure games. is the not bad. The yeah, pressure, I know. yeah, the pressure, like, no, 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 like, I mean, it's some it depends how you frame it, right? But like, I mean, we have a real opportunity here with a terrific team that um, can do not just so much for rugby, but for um, you know, women's sport. Like, we're the most diverse national team that this country has. We represent all of the things that are actually really good about um, this country in such a polarizing time and election year, everything like that. Yeah. Like we have a really, um, you know, strong message with the high women. Um, and I think that um, that pressure, I mean, Rick Suggett used to say, pressure is just the air you breathe, you know, when you're here and you're doing this job and you're, you know, you're, um, and I think that like we have um, just such an opportunity. And I think that the players are aware that, that and myself, uh, we're aware that this pressure, this pressure is really just an opportunity for us to go and, and do something really, really special. So I agree. I do get goosebumps. I, <laughs> I just have to be like, just go do the work, just go do the work. Anytime you feel one, one type of way, like excited or, or pressure, it's just go do the work because that's ultimately going to be the thing that um, puts us in a position to win. Well, don't get jealous, but I've been to three Olympic games, um, oh. n- not as an athlete. <laughs> well, I was an athlete, but I wasn't competing. I was in the stands. Anyway. <laughs> All right, Emily, man. What's that? Been to three and you're not coming to Paris? Uh, I, you know, I'm spending all my money going to Charlotte in two weeks for the opening MLR weekend. Uh, <laughs> That's more affordable. I tell you. A little bit. A little bit. Uh, <laughs> Emily, uh, this has been a really, really good time. And it's great to catch up again face-to-face this time. Uh, uh, Fitzy and I are really cheering for you all. We can't, we cannot wait to watch the matches this weekend. LA going on to the Olympics. So good luck this year. And hopefully we can touch base before the Olympic Games as well. Yeah. Um, just message Taylor. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm, I, I, I love to be able to do this and to speak to you guys and to be able to share a little bit. I think I'll, a lot of times like um, players don't like t- people don't see like what we're thinking behind the scenes around like how we're yeah. framing 
things. And I think it's nice for the community to, to understand a bit how, what our approach is and, um, and just in just to continue to support the players because um, like I've said, they're really terrific and um, deserve all the support in the world. Well, clearly your family supports you because I'm pretty <laughs> sure there's someone related to you. Uh, oh, my mom was really <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm off. <laughs> That's great. We should get him on. Can you please tell Emily to start? No, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. uh, don't right. call me. <laughs> <laughs> Emily, thank you so much. Have a great night. We'll talk again soon. Thank you. Bye. Wow. Yeah. Man, I, I love those conversations. She's she's Absolutely. awesome. The the team is yeah. so fun to watch. Also, it's yeah. just it's great to get them on. And uh, and I and you know what's funny about these interviews we do, Fitzy, or when someone like uh, her mother comes in and writes that. I was hoping she writes something else, like you know, I don't know, something to embarrass her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we missed one. Bobby Thomas said, "Go, coach." Uh, sorry, Bobby. We must have. Oh, there it is. Yeah, there. just missed you there, Bobby. Sorry. But Bill, we'll get it all now. Say, Bill, I thought you were going to say the next time Emily we have you on, there'll be a nice medal around your neck. Oh, you know what I mean? Like that. Would just all right, let's fun. do this over again. Let's start again. Yeah. Get her back on. <laughs> Emily, come back. <laughs> back from your team dinner. Where were you? You should have said it. <laughs> well, I mean, so, okay, we'll have her on after the Olympics are over, and and she'll have you wearing a medal. So there you go. True. Yeah, all right, Fitzy. Distance, as they say, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, hey, y'all. Thank, thanks again for everybody for tuning in. Um, I, I just a quick note, a couple notes here. Uh, I'm going to be myself as Eagles overseas. We'll be in Charlotte next weekend, uh, not this weekend, the following weekend for the opening MLR match with Anthem Rugby Carolina uh, against the uh, reigning champs, New England Free Jacks. Uh, a hell of a way to start. If you want to hear more about that match, go back and, and watch our interview with uh, uh, Tamara Shepard, uh, uh, who yeah. was really influential in getting that team going. She's she's not worried about um, I'm not either, but um, I'll be there pitch side doing some interviews with a bunch of the people. we got Davis Stills lined up. Um, trying to get the new CEO of USA Rugby on there as well. I know he's he's a little busy, but he's going to try. Scott Lawrence will be joining also. It's, it's all be recorded and we'll post it the week after. Um, and lots going on that weekend. Hopefully, if you're down in Charlotte, uh, coming out to the pitch, say hello to me. Uh, if you're in D.C. in front of Fitzy's house, say hello to him. Uh, <laughs> and I'll also be uh, making an appearance that Saturday. Charlotte Rugby is playing. Ready, Fitzy? Charlotte Rugby is playing Atlanta Old White, my old club, in Charlotte that Saturday. And I didn't know that till this past week. So I'll be at that match. Come out and say hello. You gonna, you're uh, going gonna to bring your kit and run out for five minutes? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> there was a pause. Uh, uh, Old White does have their own um, line of, of whiskey and gin. They will have some bottles at the field uh, to sell. No, not to sell. That's probably illegal to do. Uh, <laughs> but it's actually true. It's pretty cool. Is I, I mean, it's, down there? Yeah. Well, it is a South and it is NASCAR <laughs> town. So, <laughs> uh, so in hey. Your, in your Trans Am? Sorry. Anyway, yeah. Abel, <laughs> uh, yes, we will. We'll Sorry, be on yeah, Friday yeah. night. Um, it should be hopefully less than six hours, which it was last year. <laughs> uh, but tune in. Uh, it, it's it's a fun time. Listen to that pod, that uh, uh, YouTube live stream, and um, Fantasy Ruckers Friday for the MLR draft. And I have to start preparing probably. I probably should do that before the actual show. I'm way behind. That's okay. <laughs> well, only league member to make the playoffs two consecutive years, I think. Just, uh, just whatever. Slame. <laughs> just <laughs> All right. Hey, anyone still tuning in, please uh, give us a follow, like, follow, or subscribe uh, on the podcast, on YouTube, 
Facebook, uh, wherever. Also, there's a brand new Eagles Overseas Rugby LinkedIn page, which I don't think Fitzy's on yet. Uh, <laughs> check that out. I know. Come on. Uh, either way, check us out. Uh, give us a follow, subscribe, share the show with your friends. Uh, we do this for you guys. It's a blast. And also follow us on social media at, at Eagles Overseas uh, and at Rugby Morning. All right, buddy. Good to see you. And we will chat again later. <laughs>